Hey there, it's Susan. Today, I want to share something with you that has been on my mind for a while. And it's really about four big mistakes I see so many people make on their websites that are like total conversion killers that are really stopping you from getting the sales that you want. So I made a list. I've got my notes. Hop on in, we'll go through it, and then you can go check your site. I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores, where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast-track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So, buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey there, welcome back. So listen, today, short and sweet, we are going to talk about the four big mistakes I see on so many websites. I want to know if you are guilty of these mistakes because they are conversion killers and they're actually all pretty easily fixed. And so let's talk about them. And really, before I dive in, I'm going to give you the backstory here on this and why I thought it was important to share this episode with you this week. We have this group on Facebook and it's called the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. It is a free Facebook group and it's full of store owners, just like you and I, who are working on building their business. This group is a little bit different than our inner circle group because they're not paid members, but they are all working on their business. We try and provide value in that group every month and engage store owners that are in that group. Now, one of the things, one of my roles in that group is to hop in hopefully once a week and welcome all the new members and ask them to share their website with me. And it's actually one of my favorite things to do. I love to see everybody's site, see what they're working on. And if there's something I can help them with quickly, I will. Or if they have a question or something that they're working on, I love to dive into that post and give people some answers. If you're not in that group already, you should join. It's the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Watch for my welcome post. I'll tag you in it, and I would love to see what you are working on. But anyhow, back to the point here of this podcast is that time and time again, I see what I'm calling the top four conversion killers. These are the things that I see all the time on websites that I think set up a roadblock for people who are thinking about buying from you. And so I want you to onboard those and then you can go have a look after you've listened to the episode and see if you're guilty of any of these four mistakes. I see these mistakes a lot. And so this is stuff that is really easily overlooked when you're in your bubble creating your website experience. Now, the other thing in this episode, I have decided to go a little deeper. It's too deep for a podcast episode, but I want everyone who listens to this episode to have a free lesson about this very thing from, uh, it's actually from our conversion school module in the inner circle. And it's really just a very short seven minute conversion audit where I share my screen. I show you it's, there are 10 things that I think every store owner should think about when they are working on their website. And it includes a little checklist that you can print off. And so head on over when you're done here to the socialsalesgirls.com forward slash 83. That's this episode number. 
And there's a link there for you to receive. You just sign up and we'll email you the lesson, the seven minute conversion audit with the download so that you can get started on it, even print it off and uh, just have that by your side as you're making changes on your website. It's great because you can keep it. So you can actually work on that when you have time. And it's really not a huge job. You know, you can do it at your own time frame. So now let's just get to the four biggest mistakes. So the conversion audit is really about what you can do. Here are the four biggest mistakes I see. And I want to share with you why they're costing you some sales. And so the number one mistake over all the other mistakes I see is that your website has not been designed the mobile view. It's been designed on a desktop. And what I can tell you is that I see a lot of Google Analytics accounts, and it is a very rare occasion that I see a website that has less than 70% of its traffic coming from a phone, a phone, not even just a tablet. We're talking about a phone. And so what happens here is we all design our websites on a desktop. Of course, it's way easier. We can see, uh, we get it as pretty as we want on our desktop. And that's not what people see. They see the, you know, the mobile version of that. And the truth is, it's a very different experience because on a phone, there's just a tiny little bit of real estate. And so what we need to do is we need to use that little bit of real estate well and realize that seven or eight or even nine out of every 10 people that come to my website are going to have this mobile experience, not this beautiful desktop experience. And so I really need to do everything for this mobile experience. And so what I want you to do is hop over to your website on your phone and look at what people see when they come to your site on a phone. What is the mobile experience? And think about the important things that people, not you, but that people would want to see or people would want to know when they hit your site. Now, that's the number one thing is that what you think looks great on your desktop version very often looks not great on your mobile version. And in many cases, All they see is either one great picture, your hero image with no call to action button, or they might see a lot of white space between your banner and then where you've got uh, small blocks. But more often than not, what they see is not nearly as nice as what they would see on desktop. And it's not user-friendly. The last thing you want is people to hit your website and have to start scrolling to find, find out a little bit more about what's available to them in your site. Now, if you want to check to see what your mobile traffic is, I want you to do this. I want you to head on over to your Google Analytics account. I want you to filter the dates for the last 90 days. So that's enough chunk of time for you to get a really good average. And I want you to click on the side menu. I want you to click audience. That's going to open up a dropdown. And I want you to click mobile. And that'll open up another drop down. And I want you to click overview. 
And that will show you a couple of things. First, it's going to show you how many people visited on a phone and what percentage of your total traffic that was, how many people visited on desktop and what percentage of total traffic that was, and how many people visited on a tablet and the percentage. But it's also going to tell you other things that are super telling. It's going to like, they'll give you clues. It'll show you the average bounce rate each uh, device. It'll show you the number of pages on average that people looked, depending on what device they were using. It will show you the average time on site, depending on what device they were using. And the most important thing is it's going to show you the conversion rate. So what is the conversion rate for somebody who's visiting on a phone compared to somebody who's visiting on desktop? And if there is a big gap, so if it's Say your conversion rate is 0.5 on a phone and 1.5 or 2.5 on a desktop, you know that your mobile experience is really lacking. If you've got lots of mobile traffic, or even if you don't, the fact that you have a very low conversion rate on mobile is a red flag. So go check yours, take a look at all that data and kind of get your head around, okay, what does this mean to me and my business? What is the first thing I can do to improve that? And the very first thing is going to be to get that home screen looking like you designed it for mobile first. So that's job number one. The other thing I want to share with you is when you grab the conversion audit lesson, I want you to take your phone and I want you to go through the conversion audit on your phone, not on your desktop, because I want you to see what the majority of your users are seeing. And so do that conversion audit on your phone. So now let's talk about the second mistake. And the the second mistake is as common as the first mistake. And that is that you've got a pop-up. So that's a good thing. You've taken a step to collect email addresses. But the minute I hit your site, up comes your pop-up. And remember, I'm on a phone. And for most people, that pop-up covers almost the whole screen. And so what it looks like to me as a first-time or even a second-time visitor is I can't even see what you're doing. I just see that you want me to sign up. And it might say something like join the club. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to join the club. I don't even, you know, I want to know more long before that. And so I want you to make sure that you check the timing on your pop-up because this is super common. This morning, in fact, I looked at six websites of people who aired them in our roadmap group and three of them had a pop-up that came up immediately when I hit the website. And that is a conversion killer that's going to get your bounce rate up way high. It's going to get your time on site down way low. It's going to reduce the number of pages that you people will look at if that happens to them. They have to be more, uh, you know, they have to have a little more grit if they have to, you know, wade through your pop-up to see what they're looking for. And so you don't want to put that barrier up in front of them. So what we recommend is that your pop-up comes up at 12 to 14 seconds, which is actually a long time. (laughs) If you count out 12 to 14 seconds, it allows people to get settled in wherever they're landing, see what they want to see, and perhaps navigate to another page. And so I want you to go to your pop-up provider. And if you're one of those people that's got that thing coming up right off the bat, I want you to reset that to 12 to 14 seconds. Somewhere in between there is fine. 12 seconds, 14 seconds, 
you know, 15 seconds, that is a really good time for people to get an offer to sign up. Now, if you don't have a pop-up, I do want you to get one because really for conversion's sake, you really need a way to collect names so that you can reach those people again for free. But make sure if you don't have one, you're setting one up that you set it to come up at 12 or to 14 seconds, somewhere in that window. The other thing I see, although I did not see this morning, is I see people asking me if they can send me push notifications. I see the proof pop up, which is, you know, Bob and Boise bought something 14 hours ago or whatever it is. And what, again, what I want you to do is go to your phone and say, do I want all that stuff coming up and interfering with me just trying to see what this website has? Because I'm going to guess that most of you want to escape those things. You know, the Bob from Boise, this is not a good time to tell us about that. It's not important because I just came in the front door. So that's the second thing, pop-up issues. The third biggie is, and this is a sad one, and this is the hardest one to uh, share with people that, that there's a problem there. And it's that I cannot tell what you are selling I can't tell from your images. I can't tell from your tagline if you have one. And I can't tell from the name of your business or the view on my screen. And so this happens because you're just too close to it. And you're assuming a bunch of stuff that you can't assume. And the very best way for you to overcome this is to find somebody, perhaps in a Facebook group that is interested in what you're selling. Find somebody to give you some feedback that is constructive. So that means you have to position your questions properly. Like, what do you think I sell when you come to this page? And you'll know. This morning, I looked at one and it was for a dog product. And the home screen was, it almost looked like an Instagram feed. It wasn't post, but it was a lot of thumbnail images of dogs. And some of them had stuff on them, but not all of them. And I actually had no clue what that store was selling. It was just a bunch of thumbnail images of dogs. And I would have to scroll and click through to figure out what they're selling. And remember, we live in a very visual world. And what we really want people to know is what we're selling at a glance. This morning, I said to someone, wow, your tagline is really good. And she sold candles. Her hero image was really good. It it all looks strong. But her tagline wouldn't necessarily tell you that it was can or that her her name, her business name wouldn't necessarily tell you that she was selling candles, but her tagline was luxury home fragrance. Okay, I know what's here. And I think that that's stuff that we just assume people understand. We assume that they know more about what we're doing than they really do. And so I want you to look at yours on a phone, your home screen, objectively. I want you to think about the name of your business. I want you to, if you have a tagline, see if it makes sense. But I want you to make your tagline more active. I see a lot of people with taglines that are just like, you know, plastic, cruelty-free, sustainable. That doesn't tell me kind of what it is and if it's for me or not. So I want you to think about that. Is what is your tag? If your name is doesn't say exactly what you sell, what does your tagline say? And how would somebody who has no clue who you are, how would we determine whether that was for us or not? I want you to think about that. You really need a tagline. Your name of your business is something that 
could be read as a bunch of different things. You really need to include that tagline. The other thing that I see is a lot of people don't have a hero image or uh, feature images that are super clear. They have a lot of white space between their banner and then a bunch of these thumbnail images that I see, which could be collections. It could be best-selling products. It doesn't matter. They could be a lot of different things. And on desktop, that doesn't look like a lot of white space, but on mobile, it looks like a ton of white space. And so what you have is like a very small looking header logo. You have a ton of white space and then maybe the top of some thumbnail images. And that's what people are seeing when they go to your website. And so I want you to think about that. You need a hero image, which is that great big image, or you need like feature images that maybe can be shown vertically on mobile that are really clear. And when I say really clear, what I mean is we need to make the product the star of the show. We talk about this a lot with uh, Facebook or Instagram ads too, that when you are using a lifestyle image, there's a tendency for you to think, okay, everybody knows what this is. But if the lifestyle image is too far out, like it's more of a distance that there's a lot of other things in that image. It's really easy for someone who's not as familiar with your business to be unclear about what the product is. And so what we want to remember, whether it's a feature image or a hero image, is we need to make it indisputable for the person who's looking that they know exactly what you're selling. Exactly. And just a little story from way back when I was trying to figure out what worked at WeSqueak. And that was one of the mistakes I made. So we would get some great shots. I hired a photographer in California. We sent the shoes out. She was really good at finding models and clothes that match the shoes. And she'd take all these amazing lifestyle shots of these kids with the clothes and shoes. And it took me a while to figure out that when I posted those, like nobody knew someone's like, where'd you get that outfit? And I'm like, well, that's not what I'm selling. And and it took me a long time to realize that I was never going to be able to attract the people I wanted if I kept showing photographs like that. And so even though it was great to be able to show pictures of kids, what I really needed is pictures of their legs and their feet with my shoes on them. And so I want you to think about that too. Like, are you showing too much in your images? Like the, like the homepage I saw with all the dogs, I have no clue what they actually sold. And so what we need is at least either a hero or big feature images that are so tight that we know that maybe it's a bandana or maybe it's a harness, Like we need to know what you're selling at a glance. And so think about that, you know, at Sock Doggo, which is, you know, you shouldn't be following me for my speed of execution at Sock Doggo. Certainly the strategies that we try are absolutely worth sharing and our results are worth sharing. But one of the things we realized was that uh, we got more time on site, more pages viewed, a lower bounce rate when we changed our hero image to four feature images. So I think that's something that we are doing well. And I would encourage you to go over and have a look. It's just sockdoggo.com. But I think that our site improved a lot, our conversion and, and our stats improved a lot when we changed it from one hero image. Which brings me to the last thing, the fourth thing. And the fourth thing is there are no clear call to action buttons 
on hero images very often or feature images. And here's why that's a a big mistake. And it's because people need to be told what to do. Most people aren't going to go right to your navigation menu right off the bat. They're probably going to spend some time settling in and, and really thinking about whether they want to go deeper into your website. And having a call to action button that could say, see more or shop now or see the whole collection or find your favorite. It could be any of those things, but having a button that they know is clickable and it's going to take them to the next page invites them into your website. Whereas if you just have a beautiful hero image and no call to action button, you're wasting an opportunity to get people to go further into your site to see more. And I'm going to follow that up with one more thing. I want you to really think about what it is you want that customer to do, that that viewer. What do you want them to see next? What's your best seller? Maybe that's the call to action. View view our most loved products or view our favorites or see what's new. Like it could be any of those things, but I want you to be deliberate about what you want them to do and where that button is going to take them. And think about that action that you want them to take. And here's why I'm sharing that with you is because today, (laughs) and remember I, I went through six websites today, but I go through websites every week. And the one I saw today, there was a call to action on the hero image, which was great, but it was, it directed people to see their reviews, see our reviews. And while I think that highlighting your reviews is really smart, I'm going to say that that is really smart. And when I think about all the purchases I make online, most times I check reviews. So I'm not, I don't want to minimize the fact that reviews are important. But what I want to share is that something like that is a little bit too too soon to make that call to action. Really, that should be further down the funnel on the product page or yeah, on the product page, actually, not even or that should be on the product page so that people can look at the product, look at all the images you have of the product, and then decide that they want to see the reviews before they make a buying decision. And that's where that call to action should go, not on the the hero image when people have just hit your site. And so I'm just sharing that with you because I want you to really consider what the natural next step is for somebody who is potentially a buyer. Think about that. So that's it. Those are my four biggest mistakes. I'm just going to recap. Number one, overall, the biggest mistake is that people are not doing the work on their site with a mobile view. And it's a huge opportunity missed for everyone who's doing it because what looks great on desktop doesn't always translate to a great experience on mobile. And so the action you want to take is you go find out what your percentage is of mobile visitors, because that will cement it in your mind, you know, seven out of every 10, eight out of every 10, whatever that number is, what percentage of my traffic is mobile. And that will allow you to give yourself permission to go back in and look at the mobile view and make your changes with the mobile view in mind. That's number one. Number two is that crazy pop-up that comes up the minute I hit your site. Do yourself a favor and dial that back. I want you to choose in the window of 12 to 14 seconds. And I promise you, 
you'll thank yourself. In fact, I believe you will probably increase the number of people who sign up on your pop-up. So do that and don't over pop-up. That would be the other thing. And remember when your pop-up comes up on mobile, it's highly likely it takes over the whole screen. So you're just throwing up a wall in front of someone who hasn't decided whether they want to stay or not. The third thing is, I can't tell what you're selling. You don't have a tagline. Your name of your business is ambiguous. And what I see when I get to your homepage doesn't give me a clear view of, like, it doesn't tell me enough of a story to for me to be clear on what I'm going to find if I go deeper in your website. What is it you're selling? So remember, we need to give that visitor a sense of what they can find in your website if they go deeper. This is often something that you can't do on your own, but there are lots of people in this business. Um, there are lots of groups on Facebook that you know would be perfect for whatever you're selling. And you owe it to yourself to get that cleared up because that is totally a conversion killer. And then the fourth thing is no clear call to action. No, you're not telling people what to do and you're not thinking about what the natural next step is. What is it that you want them to do? What action do you want them to take? What is the process from when they hit your website to when they buy? Those are all really important things. And so I want you to be intentional about, first of all, having a call to action button or, or several if you're using feature images, but also where you're sending them once you do that. So that's it, gang. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. In fact, I really hope you'll just uh, take a few minutes, follow up and go check those things on your site. But for sure, I'm going to highly encourage you to do the entire conversion audit. It's 10 things. It's seven minutes. It won't take you long, but those seven minutes you spend could change everything for your site. Just go to the socialsalesgirls.com forward slash 83. You'll be able to download it there. You can do it. It's yours to keep. You can do it uh, when you have time. And I think you'll find it's really valuable. So I will see you all next week. I hope you have an amazing week. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at the Roadmap to 50K and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way. And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the inner circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results. And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to the socialsalesgirls.com forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list. We will send you a lesson so that you can see what's waiting for you on the inside. And we'll also invite you to join us the next time we are open to take new members. So listen, friends, that's all. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you next week.